You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Buckle, 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 buckle. <laughs> you know the deal. Buckle, 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 buckle. <laughs> you know the deal. This is me, though. Welcome, everybody. What's going on? We're here with another episode of Can We Talk? This is Eric. I'm here with Anthony and Shana. What's going on? going on how's everybody doing i'm all right i'm good going good going good um just to let you know i have three reviews coming up um you, you they'll probably be up by the time you listen to this podcast you can go on instagram at we are critics uh substitute the s for the letter cx i got reviews for the killing of a sacred deer the florida project and suburbicon okay okay Right. And um, remember to like and share this podcast. I'll probably remind you at the end of this one. But remember to like and share. We need um, a bigger following. We're working on advertising. Just remember yeah. to spread the word of can we talk? We're trying to get 50,000 followers. Of course. <laughs> By this weekend. Always. <laughs> so I know you was talking a little bit earlier today about this uh, Big, Big Crit album. Yes. yes. What y'all thinking? We love it. It was great. But you know? Like I'm not the person to ask because I love Big Crit. I don't like many. <laughs> so you got a bias. No, no, yes. no. I, I'm biased too, but I'm gonna give an objective opinion. That's what you learn as a critic to give an objective opinion. Right. There's one or two filler tracks, but that's that's not a lot in a double disc album. I feel like it's one of the best double disc hip hop albums I've heard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I Definitely. you know me okay. and Shayna, we we have conflicting views on All Eyes on Me. But yes. That's another good one I like. But okay. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'm about to download that right now as yeah. soon as we get finished because <laughs> I'm hearing great things. But besides that, what's, what else going on with y'all? It's Halloween weekend, oh, yeah. you know, like. Those parties? I was going to, no, I can't, I can't afford to. Like, this is like my most expensive Halloween <laughs> Shy town dream you out? <laughs> no, oh, right, right. like Halloween, like my daughter is about to be seven and then, you know, she picked out her outfit, mm-hmm. her costume and then I picked out my costume to go with hers and mm-hmm. then they're doing a table or treat at her school and they have a contest so who designs the best table so i've been kind of going hard on okay. that okay <laughs> i got a minute to win it so that's nice. the thing with halloween so it's like you you got you got to impress like you don't want to do it halfway definitely you know, especially with the kids no orange tablecloth right no it's, right. I, I was supposed to meet up with my friends in east lansing if they're listening to this i'm sorry y'all but it was like that was a long drive after an exhausting day, and I was like, I just can't do it. I feel you. I might Skype in, but I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, for this episode of Can We Talk, let's talk about this mayoral debate that happened um, and talk about the election that's going to be next week with Mayor Duggan and then Coleman Young Jr., uh, the second. Um, so y'all didn't watch the debates. I, I saw highlights. Oh, you saw highlights? I didn't see the debate. I, I, I read conflicting. I read uh, different articles on the debate. So I know you had some, some, uh, I guess a, a little bit of beef or something with with some of the commentary that was going on around. Well, there, there's the two, debates. there's two stations I listen to. One of them, Marquise, um, works for. I listen to 950. Mm-hmm. I mostly listen to that for world news and weather. I listen to 910 AM Superstation for things happening in Detroit. Okay. I, I like both stations. I think 910 AM Superstation because it's mostly like an African American station. Mm-hmm. Most of its DJs are are in favor for Comey Young, mm-hmm. which okay. is fine. Yeah, but. I, I've been hearing, and you know, it feels like the Trump race all over again. And I don't like that, but I feel like some of the call, some of the people that call in, if you're not for Comey Young, 
I hear the words Uncle Tom. I hear wow. the words, you know, um, brainwashed Negro. Mm. I, they can't say this on the air, but some of them want to say the word coon. Mm-hmm. And it makes yeah. me angry because I feel like I live in this city, but it's not that serious. Right. Compared to the grand scheme of things of what we got to deal with in this country as a whole, this race is not that serious. Yeah. You now, don't. I, I would beg to differ. I understand. But what I'm saying is if Coleman Young wins or if he loses, if if if, if I vote for Duggan or if um, one of us, two of us vote for Duggan, that doesn't make us Uncle Toms or, ne- or brainwashed Negroes. I yeah. think that's the part of it that angers me. Where the social commentary is going too far where I believe people who are two or three times older than me are acting like children. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand they're coming from a different place. And we can yeah. talk about that, especially when Marquise comes in or, you know, just between us three. But, yeah, I just feel like some of it is a little too little too immature. Let's slow down. But go ahead. And, and speaking of Marquise, I think he's he's coming in. And it's my now, turn so. to get the door. <laughs> so we're. we're well, I'll get it. You, you okay. got so I was watching, I watched some of the debates, and for me, the biggest thing was, obviously, they were, they were looking at Coleman Young and how he sort of, he's, he wants to incorporate the communities and the neighborhoods into, you know, our discussion about how we can improve the city, which is, a, is an amazing thing, and I think that's important, whereas Mayor Duggan was really talking from the perspective of, like, what he's done so far and where he's going to go in, in terms of the future with sort of branching out and sort of helping out um, those areas that are, are less... Um, fortunate or had less resources. And so it really did turn into a, a debate about almost like a Trump-esque debate. And I kind of agree with Anthony on this one. I think that Comey Young II was hitting on some of those uh, those key points or those those points that hit, hit the raw nerves of people. Mm-hmm. And it's really similar to Trump where you're just really talking on people's instincts about, you know, taking the city back, you know, recapturing the city, making it our own again. And I think that's that's not really really the way we need to go about this you know i don't know what your perspective is on it but like what way do you believe that we should go about like that like you think that he's like pulling on like the emotional strings a, l- a little people? bit and i think that a lot of people are either you vote for somebody black or don't vote at all and mm-hmm. i kind of i'm i disagree with that i think I it's important disagree with that as well i think it's important of yes vote for people who represent the community you can which means you can vote for black people but vote for the right candidate. And I don't think Comey Young II is the right candidate. I mean, yes, obviously some people are going to vote based off of race, which I don't think is smart. Again, look again, look, look at what that candidate offers in terms of their policies, um, their perspectives, and how they can really bring everyone together and sort of move our, move our community forward. And I think Comey really does kind of play on some of that naive aspects of, of just – you know, fulfilling one part of what people want. And that's just, they want a black candidate. I don't know if we talked about this when I stepped out to get Marquise, but hi, Marquise. Uh, What's going on, Marquise? <laughs> but one thing he said that a lot of people took gripe with, and in a way I, I saw the controversy behind it, but mm-hmm. I didn't think of it. I didn't think it was the, the worst thing in comparison to other things I have mm-hmm. that are critical of his character. But he said, let's take back the motherland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I remember hearing that. Yep. Right, and you know when people hear motherland, it's, it's synonymous with Africa, mm-hmm. and right. you know it's not just black people living in Detroit. Maybe right. the majority, but it's not just black people living in Detroit. So that's a little bit of a conflicting statement to say. Right, but it's majority black people. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I said. But I mean, it's majority <laughs> black people. But so I guess what maybe he was trying to say is let's give them equal access to these resources because basically what like. That makes sense. 
the like what politics is just overall is just access to resources. Right. I agree. Access to government contracts. Right. And and you know, then again you could also say, well, why not say that? Yeah. But here's the thing, and and this is what I hear from some of the commentators on this station I listen to. I agree with them. They say, look, whoever has the most money wins in politics. Let's keep keep it real. That is true. And Duncan has the most money. Mm -hmm. So I I understand that part of it is just the the social commentary that gets me. And he's also not of Detroit. Right. There was controversy when he initially ran because he was a Livonia resident. And I I think a lot of politicians, especially in Detroit, a lot of them don't live in Detroit. I mean, a good amount who have ran before, they either have just an address or a shell house in Detroit and sort of just call at their home mm-hmm. as for le- for le- election purposes. Um, but I think the biggest issue is that people people understand that the change didn't really happen in the city until, unfortunately, we did have a white mayor. Mm-hmm. You know, I sort of, I think they sort of opened up some doors and some avenues Absolutely. because they could work with him as opposed to working with someone else. And yes, I think that's that's definitely something that uh, should be addressed, and I think that's something that a lot of people are still thinking about, especially voters. Like, you know, why are things happening now when he comes in? And it's funny uh, that um, I didn't mean to cut you oh, off, but yeah, the mm-hmm. first episode I did with y'all is it, the tale of two cities. You know, that's that's a point that Coleman Young brought up in the debate. It was a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first episode we'll we did that, together yeah. was gentrification, and I believe that is a con towards uh, mm-hmm. Mike Duggan. You know, there's also mm-hmm. pros. There's there's Project Greenlight, and yeah. there's just business coming yeah. in but it's not black business and black right. businesses are being priced out of prime real estate yeah and i th- and that's that's the that's the argument that i definitely think needs to be addressed and i think um he's bringing up good points because black black owned businesses are being priced out you know black citizens who are who lived here their whole lives are being pushed out to the edges now because obviously downtown midtown new center is now starting to expand a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, prices are going up on housing, so they're sort of forced out of those areas. Um, and we are lacking resources in those communities to really, um, especially addressing crime. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a crime. It's a huge thing that we need to really address and be committed to. But, again, I don't think Coleman Young is coming from it at the right way. Again, I think that being being divisive in a sense, not really divisive per se, because we are in a city that's, that's 80% black, and we do have... Our community is is underrepresented within terms of resources and needs, but I think it's important for us to to realize that we got to do this together. You know, you can't isolate other aspects of the community to benefit someone else. But because isn't that's that gonna, what Duggan is doing? It's it's hard. I wouldn't necessarily well, say this. though. Yeah. No, I don't want to cut you off again. Go ahead. No, I was gonna, I was going to say I really I ne- wouldn't necessarily say that. I think it's more so. He understands where the money comes in, and, and the money's going to be drawn to downtown. Mm-hmm. And I think, hopefully, in his next four years, he understands that, all right, we need to be more so inject a little bit of, of resources or more resources into the actual neighborhoods. And I think from his, his concept, he understands that, you know, creating these uh, community coalitions and these community organizations and, like, the Osborne, Brightmore neighborhoods are sort of putting those resources there. But it's a lot of mismanagement in terms of, all right, once these community organizations get this money, how is it really helping these, you know, build those communities up? Well, well, let me ask this. You, you all may be more informed about this than I am. I can be an optimist as well as a pessimist. I mean, I don't I don't trust any politician, to be no, honest. You can't. I, I, I really, I, I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> but what would Comey Young do different? Right. Mar- Marquise, what, what, do you, what do you think? 
I see you over here. <laughs> you nodding and no, I'm, hey man, you know what? I'm gonna put it to you like this: you you want the guy in office who you want a little bit of Coleman Young and you want a little bit of Duggan. Mm-hmm. Like you right, you, right. you you want really a, a a piece of both, fifty fifty. You know, right. uh, where Coleman Young is focusing on neighborhoods, Duggan Duggan doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Where uh, Duggan is fo- focusing on let's build from downtown out and venture out so that we can get people in to invest in jobs. Mm-hmm. That's not Coleman Young's focus. Yeah. And really both have good, great points um, for 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 Duggan. He, he and I don't live in the city anymore, so I, I can't vote in the city. But if I had to because of, you know, I work in the city and I do so much in the city, um, I would put my, my vote behind Mike Duggan. Uh, again, just because he's on the he's on the right path, um, but he is wrong in the sense that he's not investing enough into into the uh, the neighborhoods. And I like what you're saying when you talked right. about how he's creating community hubs where mm-hmm. the funding is going through there. But it's so political with that right. that if you are not friends with the friend of the friend, then you're not getting none of no funding. That's true. So you know we. It, that's it's the politics. problem that we run into in politics, and especially in in the city. Um, Coleman Young is running under his father's name. Right, he changed it. It was a joke <laughs> that he. And, and, and the reality of it is, is that a lot of those people. I mean, I'm probably maybe the last. My generation is probably the last of those who even remember him as mayor. Mm-hmm. And my most vivid memories, you know, of him were, you know, toward the end when he was having a lot of uh, issues breathing, and he was always in the hospital. And, um, you know, Dennis Archer came on, you know, Mm -hmm. he decided he wasn't going to run again, I guess, for health reasons. But uh, his son changed his name, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, that was smart. You know, I mean, his father was the first uh, black mayor of a major uh, city, you know, Mm -hmm. in in, in, uh, Michigan and and in America. But he's not his father. Mm -hmm. And that's the reality. He's not his father, just like Mitt Romney isn't George Romney, you know. So, you know, we have to you know, live with what we are right now. And I think Mike Duggan deserves a second term. I think he's done enough to deserve a second term. Um, you know, he's, he's any man who would um, go into the community, drive his own car, by the way, and go into the communities and have community meetings in people's houses. Mm. You know, I mean, he went in some, some, some tough areas. No, yeah. no pun to you, uh, Shana, <laughs> but Brightmore. <laughs> There's a flip coin of that. <laughs> But but also, you know, there were there were criticisms of that. Maybe the late the the latest town hall meeting that was held. He wasn't there. And a lot of people held, um, you know, contention with that. But I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Duggan, you know, he has a lot of qualities. Mm. The thing, well, but like with the whole thing of him going into neighborhoods, like how well populated are these neighborhoods? Because they were mass mass evictions due to property taxes that some would argue were illegal evictions. Mm. Yeah. The the biggest challenge, though, with the city of Detroit is that you have this city that at its prime can hold up to two million, you know, individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, right, down, right now it's around, what, 700,000, yeah. 600,000. And so you're dealing with mass swaths of land that are un- really just, just sit there and just deject it for the most it's part. Untapped. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely, you see a lot of houses, abandoned houses, torn down houses. And so you're asking any mayor to come into a situation where there's such a disparity in resources, a disparity in, in income, you know, high poverty, school systems are terrible, and you're trying to tell them to do you know, work your magic, do, do all that you can to turn it around. And I think with Duggan, 
even though yes, he he lacks you know that that supporter or that really that that I guess that initiative to go into the community and sort of really build the neighborhoods. You'd have you to invite him to the barbecue. You would have to invite him. You, you would, I would. I would have. I would have invite him. But he, you can tell he's been trying. He at least had some of the buildings and the houses turned down. They were dilapidated. Um, they're trying to sort of consolidate the area to sort of put get the streetlights working, get things, get some resources there, get the the garbage uh, pickups are, are regular now. Um, and so some of the things that we liked like five years ago, he did really sort of turn it around. And you got to give him credit for that, even though yes. You know, he did have money behind him. He had some people behind him, special interest groups, whatever you may call it. Right. Mm-hmm. But you are seeing small successes. And I would think that we should continue to sort of push those small successes. You never know what happened in the next four years. Right. Another note to make um, brought to light is that, well, people have known about it for some time, not me personally. But apparently he committed the same crimes as Kwame, but didn't go to prison like Kwame. Oh, yeah. Allegedly, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Alleg- well, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> and there, there's there's reluctance on both sides. People right. say, you know, Duggan, he's good, but he's, you know, he's not one of us. Mm-hmm. You know, people say, Coleman, well, how do we know this guy's not going to be another Kwame, just looking out for his own people mm-hmm. and not too much for the city? Mm-hmm. You know, there's reluctance on both sides. And it, it, it is, I believe, I don't think it's a close one. I think I'm, I'm going to call it. I think Duggan's going to yeah, win. Yeah, Duggan's definitely Yeah, he's going to win pretty big. But I still think it's worth just, just looking at both sides and seeing, well, what went wrong here. Mm. I mean, I, I think the best thing to come out of this is now I think Duggan knows what he needs to do. And I think that the people are sort of voicing their concerns. And so if he is elected next week or reelected next week, he know like, all right, a large majority of these people, they want this, this to change in the actual neighborhoods. They want resources. They need jobs in neighborhoods. And I think that that can sort of, um, you know, really get him to think about that, put that in front of his mind. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. You know, you come into office, and when you take the city of Detroit alone, the city of Detroit has a a a, a unemployment rate of twenty between twenty five and thirty percent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty five to thirty percent of people in the city are unemployed. Right. So, you know, I understand Mike Duggan where he's coming from. If I can lure major businesses to this city and make this be the hub, like they're like they're working so hard tirelessly now to bring Amazon here, mm-hmm. right. then that brings in jobs. The best play to get, best way to get a cat out the hood and to get them from uh, from from out of the the life of crime and drugs job, is to give them a job. The streets got to eat. Yeah. The streets mm-hmm. got to so, eat. So so you know maybe he didn't in his first term spend enough time with um you know in terms of, of in the neighborhood. Now he knows second term mm-hmm. and it's almost like the president. You know his right. first first four years he spends the first two years trying to push an agenda, maybe get something passed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's dealing with all types of things that comes his way to him. If he it so happens to have a second term, yeah. now he can start working on some legacy work. You know, what it right. is it that I want to leave as a legacy? And I understand as a mayor, a mayor can get reelected multiple times. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's seeming like now in the city of Detroit, you know, a mayor's life is maybe eight years, mm-hmm. you know, at best. Now, I don't see him. You know, maybe he he may try to move on and, and run for governor at yeah. some point. Mm-hmm. But I think that he's doing the right thing and he's trying to lure companies and businesses to the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, look how many jobs Amazon has given so far with this new plant that they opened in, in Livonia. Livonia. Yep. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, family members, you know, uh, um, mentees who, you know, are, are in the area, going to school in the area, have mm-hmm. gotten jobs there. Mm-hmm. Best yet. way for you to fight crime is to bring employment, yeah. and I see him doing that. I don't. I don't know. I haven't heard. 
I haven't heard Coleman Young talk about what businesses are backing him mm-hmm. and how yeah. um, he's going to bring business to the city. You know, I haven't heard that. I I just heard him talk about how uh, this current mayor has neglected the neighborhood, and I think that and, and on that, and I and I'll, and I'll um, um, give it back to you on that. I don't think he's done an all bad job in terms of uh, the neighborhoods too. Right. Uh, um, you know, when I was a kid, um, Coleman Young was mayor. Even when Dennis Archer was mayor, uh, they didn't even shovel side streets. No. You know, they, no. they only did the main roads. Right. I mean, he contracted out whereas contractors who shoveled the side streets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of things that weren't get, getting done are starting to get done in the city, and it mm-hmm. takes time. The city didn't. I don't want to say go to hell, but the city didn't have these problems overnight. Yeah. These problems happened over time. So you expect this man in four years ran into to some start. situations. Yeah. Ran into some situations. I remember, I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember when Dennis Archer passed that thing where like, cause I rem- remember when police officers and firefighters had, had to, to live, live in, in the city of Detroit. Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, he passed a law that said that they didn't, they didn't have, have to. to. Mm-hmm. If you go and cause they were like, you know, they were living like in the outskirts, like kind of close to, to the, the suburbs, yeah. yep. but still in the city. If you go around those neighborhoods now, those neighborhoods have abandoned houses. Like mm-hmm. those neighborhoods are not what they used to be when those public employees were living in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That brings up another issue. I had a good discussion with a, a coworker about this. Um, and that's, that's the crime in the city. And I think that any policing you, that you do, you have to have people who know the community, know the members in the community. Mm-hmm. And passing that bill where it, it allowed uh, police officers not have to live in the city anymore, I think that did a lot of harm. Mm-hmm. Because think about it, relationships and relationship building is key to good policing mm-hmm. anywhere you go. And now that you have people who are coming from maybe outside neighborhoods, they're, they're not as invested in the community. They don't get to know the people of the community as well. Because I know I, back when I was growing up, you know, we had police officers who lived down the street from us. You know, they worked in the community. They knew us. They knew us by name. Um, and you can go and they can actually be like, all right, yeah, Eric or Darius, man, I mean, don't do that. You know, that's not a good look. You know, that's going to end up some some may, bag may end up coming from that. Um, just having people to sort of be a, a guy within that community who are also police officers, that definitely did make the, the in terms of crime. I think it felt like it made crime a little bit easier to sort of prevent in some cases. So I don't know if you're, what y'all thoughts are, are on about that, but you know, that's just a little perspective I had. Well, I, I do hear commentators calling into. Um, like I stated before you came in, Keith, I listen to 910 AM Superstation a lot. And I, I like to listen to the people. I like to listen to people living in Detroit talking about what's going on from the mm-hmm. black perspective as well. So I hear do I do hear people calling in saying, hey, you know, some of the crime, crime has gone down, folks. Yes. You know, and they they've made note of that. Like let's 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 not um let's not push that to the side. Right. But that's a continuing trend, like mostly all over. Yeah. Like crime like it goes down, like it that's it I don't I'm not trying to take anything away from Duggan or like anything like that, but that's just like a right. continuing trend. Like everybody like focuses on Chicago. Like they do have a high, like we have a we have a higher murder rate than Chicago. Per capita, yeah. yeah, per capita. But like Chicago now versus the nineties, it's mm-hmm. it's way better. Yeah. Okay. But um, I guess at the same time, you know, is the crime rates right? 
Like, how do we know that what he's reporting, what, what Mayor Duggan is reporting, what his police chief, uh, James Craig, how do we know they're, because they that's could be fudging, they could be question. fudging. That's, the, that's I mean, a very good And that's who, a key who factor. Who sees them when they're collecting this data? And, right. and that's a key factor in learning about who really to vote for. And now I've been slacking on this multiple mm-hmm. times, is research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You, you, you got to look for the right research. Right. Yeah, and that's true, because I think it's a lot of times numbers can, data can be misconstrued to fit any yeah. narrative. Correct. Um, and so, yeah, you definitely need to do a lot of research. And then, it's, go ahead. It's nothing to say that the homeless guy. Um, I mean, you know, well, I'm sorry that that the guy that was killed mm-hmm. was a, was a homeless guy, and you know, um, yeah. he committed suicide. Yeah. So we put him in the suicide rate. Right. That, you know, not the homicide. You know, yeah. who's to say that doesn't happen? Yeah, or what mm-hmm. constitutes as a as a crime in their their case? Right. Um, mm-hmm. That is, is it true. conviction rates? Is it arrest rates? Like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and that's, I think that's something that we have to be aware as citizens. Even with, even with Duggan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have to, you know what I mean? He wants his numbers to look good. Yeah, and I think any administration, again, politicians, they will lie. I mean, that comes down to it. <laughs> I, I don't fully trust any politician. I, yeah. I mean, I say that with, you know, conviction. I mean, I trust. I, I have a little bit of trust in some politicians, mm-hmm. but not a whole lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, because the system is greater than the person. I think you have a great person. But the whole right. system of politics is sort of, you know, hey. you, you're, you're going to have to do something. Hey. We saw that, at we the end saw of the that day, with Obama. Right? At the end of the day, yep. Obama was a great guy. But, yep. you know, was he really That's pulling all the strings? That's up for debate. <laughs> I, 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 be, I believe he was a man with poise and, um, and, and, and respect. Mm. But I don't think he was pulling all the strings. And I don't think any president really right. does. They don't. Because you got to realize you got three branches of government. Those branches have not even Trump. various powers. And so— Again, if the legislative agenda is, is they want to do this on the legislative side, they're going to get it done. Um, you know, same with the judicial and, and, and executive. But Wait, I guess yeah. I'll ask her after the episode. I was <laughs> yeah. going to ask her what, 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 what's, what's wrong with him. What's wrong? Oh, that's another episode. Oh, we We're going to <laughs> gonna keep it moving on this. You're not going to call him brainwashed, though. You don't do, don't do the legacy <laughs> like that, please. <laughs> You're talking about the legacy. I mean, please. I'm black in America. Like, Obama, we going to do that another episode. <laughs> I mean, don't disappoint me, Shana. Please no. don't. <laughs> and, and to, to bring it back to Detroit, though, um, we talk about, again, we need to increase jobs in the neighborhood, increase economic opportunities, things that such. But it all begins with Again, bringing it back to education, the literacy rates in the city are atrocious. 47%. You know, 47%. And so you, you're thinking about all these people who can't read, who can't, who maybe or can't write, functionally illiterate, illiterate yes. individuals. Right. How are they going to be able to find jobs, you know, to really support their families and support their, their community? And it's about creating sort of um, hubs where you can provide skilled trade opportunities. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way to go. Um, I think it's about, you know, really t- getting these kids young to ensure that we keep them on track. You know, change the way that we discipline kids rather than being punitive. Make it a learning opportunity. Um, things that such, yeah. And you know what? It's it, And it starts here as well. Because I remember listening to the station and some people were saying like, oh, and the millennials, they don't know any better. They don't do mm-hmm. their research. They don't talk about it. They just vote for whoever the, the majority um, likes. And at one point I did kind of call in and I was yeah. – li- I was a tad heated, yeah. but I wasn't too heated. But I said, no, we do talk and we do do research, you mm-hmm. know, And but I believe education is key. I mean, we we do our research and then we find that our previous generation dropped the ball. Well, yeah. that too. Yeah. So like the autumn hand, like finger wagging and finger pointing at millennials is okay. Well, then you going to finger point at us like mm-hmm. you're the one that dropped the ball. Then again, that's a continuing trend as well. The The next generation is always going to feel like the previous generation failed. Yeah. The previous generation is always going to look to the next generation like, eh, y'all could do better. 
when they are doing better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It always happens. Well, they they do they do have the Detroit Promise program. They do. Uh, I think it's two year college now, and they're going to be looking it's to four expand. Yes, four, four years. Year you yeah. have that a th- you have a three point or higher or something like that. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but what I mean that that's a very mm-hmm. excellent program. Yeah. But like, what good is it if they they can't if yeah. our children can't read? And we also got to realize that the education is separate from you know the mayor's duties mm-hmm. as, yes. as as a government official. He has no power over that, but. You know, he can sort of reach out to advocate groups, things that says to get things um, sort of implemented. But so that's a that's a whole separate topic. We have, again, kids who can't function or schools that aren't functioning to help the kids the proper way, provide them with the right support. So, you know, you got the education system that's failing and then you're sort of putting it, lumping it into what the, the mayor does and their powers. And it's kind of unfair in many cases. You know, you can't really blame um, a lack of of education or lack of uh, literacy on strictly on the administration this is part of their functions well this is actually a statewide problem like it's a nationwide problem yeah Yeah. but um the 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 literacy rate like for like children third graders that are supposed to be reading on a a third grade level i think Mm -hmm. it fell like six percent for black children and 12 percent for white children yeah and they increased a statewide issue they had the legislation where if the kids don't pass the uh the standardized tests and reading in third grade they have to repeat the third grade yeah so that's that's something that the state in general definitely is um battling with and but it's also again we're we're looking at our community where we again 47 percent um literacy rates or functionally illiterate individuals in the state or in the city and so we can't we need to sort of fix that in order to alleviate this problem moving forward like the future generations need at least uh, some opportunities to see Mm -hmm. and sort of some opportunities to gain education through you know skills trades or or through college and so that will help hopefully in the long term support and increase economic opportunities moving forward you know one thing I wanted to bring up and this is something I've kind of seen all over. One of the reasons that Comey Young, he, he could have had uh, as big of a campaign as Mike Duggan or as much money as Mike Duggan. Mm-hmm. It takes me back to a, a video where I see Killer Mike, rapper Killer Mike at a conference, and he he's going off. Yeah. And one of the things he said, he says, black people, we don't fund our own politicians, our own black mm-hmm. politicians. So I've heard a caller calling the 19 a.m. Superstation saying, yeah, you know, I hear a lot of black folks call, calling for Comey Young. But when he campaigned a while ago, where were y'all then? And I think that is something we have to keep in mind. If we feel like we see a leader, we have to back them. We have to financially back them. But I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, I just. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't want to just back somebody because they're black. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It's yeah. not because of that. Like, like I said, if we feel somebody that's for us, mm-hmm. not just someone that's black. That was the case for right? us. What does for us like define that? Well, you know, you're also for all of Detroit, but you also don't keep the um, I forgot the term, the not the black motive, but the black agenda. You do kind of keep that in the front of your mind with other things right. as well. Yes. That's what I mean by for us. OK, mm-hmm. I agree. But as far as us like, um, you know, funding our black politicians, black people don't have any money. Like, contrary to popular belief. We can spare $2. I mean, come on. But $2 is not going to get you in a room with the mayor. Well, put a lot of people the in a room, multiply that $2 mayor, by such and such, the, it, can, it can raise something. The mayor raised uh, quite a few million dollars uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coleman Young only raised 33000 mm-hmm. I mean, but like. I mean, 
If, if you can't, I can't go up to a politician and say I voted for you and then get a meeting with them. I'm be like, hey, I donated $15,000 to your campaign. I'm going to mm. get a return phone call. I'm going to get a meeting. Yeah. It, it's well, more than po- just a vote that gets you in the room and gets stuff done. Like for your self, your agenda, it takes more than a vote. It takes more than two dollars. Mm. I'm missing your point here. You're saying we don't back our politicians because, like, we don't back them financially. I'm saying we don't have the money to. And you saying two dollars right. here, two dollars there. That's not going to get me. Well, that's an exaggeration, Shana. Of course, not two dollars, but we can still but back our politicians. Just, We're not that poor out here. Yes, we are. I don't think so. I disagree. <laughs> yes, we are. I disagree. I mean, I I agree with what Shana is saying. She, I mean, she's not saying you know exactly two dollars, but what she's saying is is we don't we don't have the financial backing to have those conversations. I mean, if you're not coming to the table with twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars, then it's going to be really hard for you to have a conversation with a candidate. He's about trying to make money, so he sits down with the people who can give him the money. No, I understand, but I just disagree to a point. Mm. I think the biggest, so from a Coleman Young, um, someone's going to vote for him. Well, I'm not, I can't vote in the, the Detroit elections, but coming from perspective of someone who's voting for Coleman Young. Am I the only I can, one that can? I think so. Yeah, you might be, yeah. You might be. I, I, so. but I, I should be able to. Because, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I work in the city. All as well, my work right? is in the city. I, I work you know? in the city. Invested ahead, in the city, so. I was going to say, it, as someone, um, and if I was coming from the perspective of someone voting for Coleman Young, I, I can see where. You know, they be, their beef may lie. I think where you're looking at a succession of black mayors who weren't given oppor- who weren't given really the opportunity to succeed in many cases, who may squandered that opportunity. Okay, there you yeah. go. I like that because um, he was given opportunity. <laughs> he was given an opportunity. <laughs> I like Kwame. Right. <laughs> who, who were given opportunity. I think that when Mayor Duggan was elected, it was almost as if this was the savior who came in and sort of. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That I, was and, definitely the way it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think from that narrative, you looking at that, it makes it seem like any other black mayor before or after is incapable. Oh yeah, of that, leading. And that, that's, that's that narrative. There's that, a lingering reluctance, like I said. You yeah. know, there is a lingering like fear, like okay, we we don't want another Kwame. Like that's how some people feel. And I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So from a, from a coming a young voter. I can understand where they where they want to you know get someone in who who represents them. But when you think about the Coleman Young voter, you got to think about their temperament, and their mm-hmm. attitude, and their view to life and and culture and yeah. the city. They still come from that narrative of the whites are coming to take our city back over. Mm. And when they see Midtown being built up the way they do, it speaks to how they really feel anyway. Yeah. So that's why they're like, well, I don't want this white mayor. He coming back to help take care, take the city back over. And then, you know, I had a conversation sure. with a young lady. She is voting for Coleman Young the second, And she basically was saying he talking like Mary and Barry. Mm. And she's like, and I like that. So that's why I'm putting my vote behind hey, him. Y'all know what's funny? Ma- Marion Barry is another case. but yeah. Marion Barry is one of the greatest black mayors that America has ever seen. Uh, but y'all know, your opinion? Y'all know what's funny, He's though? He's created three different suburbs of black millionaires. What other mayor has done that? That's your opinion. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. Oh, shoot. Y'all know what's funny, hey. though? Go ahead. This, go ahead. This, is, this is kind of how I think that Trump supporters felt about Brock. I think they felt like. You know, this guy is coming in. They're going to change the way, you know, the, the United States looks. You know, we start, we're sort of losing our ground. And I'm going to vote for that person who's on that, that extreme, who, who sort of solidifies my views. You know, if you look at on that perspective, and if, again, Detroit being 80 plus percent black, and you have someone who's 
other coming in, you see people coming in who are other into the city, changing it. That does have a sense of fear. It's like, what, what's going to happen to us? And so that kind of puts in perspective with the Trump voters in many cases. I think it's, it's that same similarity that you, you're going to find an op- opponent who can speak to your fears, you know, who can speak to, all right, we need to take our, our city back. And I think that's why, why he's sort of really making a mark where people are sort of following him because they are, this is where black people sort of are experiencing that in our own little way. But I guess sense. the difference between a Trump supporter and I guess a Comey Young, the second supporter, is the Trump supporter is a perceived loss of power. Like mm-hmm. if you look at the data, if you look at the numbers, it's yeah. not it's not real. Right. Whereas a Coleman Young, the second supporter, you can see the change. You can, right. It's happening before our eyes. But to them, though, they think it's, it's real. They don't think it's perceived. Of course, well, speaking from someone who or from people who are perception is reality. Right. Right. And speaking from uh, again, we as black Americans that aren't we don't have, hold the power in this country. But in their mind. Um, they don't see the power. They don't see that power imbalance. And so, um, again, for them, it feels like, you know, they're losing ground. You know, when 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 I called into the 910 a.m. station, it was it was um it was after hours and I got off work. And what I said was I know I said, you know, millennials, we do talk to each other. I think I said that. But what I the most thing I said was I didn't like how the word Uncle Tom and brainwashed Negroes was being thrown around for Duggan supporters. And I said, why are we making this so much about race? I mean, I know why, but why are we taking this to a point where we're name-calling? Mm-hmm. And one of the guests on the show, um, we, the connection had been lost, but he was like, oh, uh, young man, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a person that's two or three times older than you. He said this with respect. He said, so I, I understand what you're saying about immaturity, but um, you know, I just want to like let you know from where I'm coming from that it is, it is kind of about race. You know, and he, I think he said that he doesn't agree with the name calling either, but he said it to a point where I understood. And I'm just paraphrasing what he said, but he he explained it to me that it is about race. Yeah. And I, I understand all that. So perception is reality. This guy was coming from a different place where he's mm-hmm. seen it in, in his face every day. You know, yeah. so I, I that, that's what I mean when I say perception is reality. But then is it mean and I can understand his, his sense of where he's coming from. But right. is it OK to back someone? Just because of race, like why are we? Is it? I mean, I, think I, I will. So. I will love. To, I will love to vote for a black candidate. But if I, if I it's the so. right candidate, though, why? I, I mean, think, I think just it's, like I, I think it's okay for you to vote for somebody because of race. But just, uh, but just uh, like voting for it has for, to be an extra factor to that. But just like voting for Trump, no, it don't because, have to be. Well, that's your opinion. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm, I feel that it needs to be black plus to right because if I have I need something uh, else. I mean, I'm saying people voted for and I'm going to say this and then I'll be quiet. I'm saying people voted for Obama because he was black. And, and I didn't see no problem well, with that's that. that's the president, though. People, know. But, no, but, but here's <laughs> the thing. There is a problem people with have, there, And I don't see a problem with it because years, for years and centuries, people voted against uh, uh, people because they were voted for people because mm-hmm. they were white mm-hmm. yeah. and because they had their agenda. So. We vote for people who push our agenda. That's an exception because there's a plus with Obama. I think I think in for my optimistic sense, there's a plus to Comey Young. I like some of the so, I, so ideas. Explain and explain um explain why majority of Detroiters voted for Mike Duggan the first time. Well yeah, I mean that's why. He was a white. But I'm saying that's <laughs> ignorance. But that's ignorance though. I mean it is. Perception is reality. You think, okay, a white man gonna come in, that means money. The white That's man perception. came. The white man came in, Mike Duggan, and immediately went out to Lansing and struck a deal with so the governor. Did perception you, became let me reality. Say, let me ask you this: Do you think Benny Napoleon would have been able to do the same thing? I'm not familiar with that name. He Benny Napoleon, who ran against, he ran against, he ran against, he ran against uh, Mike Duggan. 
He's the he's the he the Wayne the County of, Sheriff. Yeah, he, he was the used to be the chief of police in the mm-hmm. city under Dennis Archer. I got to be honest, I didn't pay attention to that debate at the time. What I'm saying is, and that's that's cool. And what I'm saying is, is people vote like that for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, majority of Detroiters went with Mike Duggan because. They were like, man, we need to get somebody in the city that that, that can mix and mingle with them in Lansing, mm. make deals there, and bring business to the city. Now we're White saying four years later, man. now we see four years later, he neglected the neighborhoods. So now we like, wait a minute, hold up. White we gave plus businessman. White plus businessman. Okay, but what I'm saying is I don't see any reason why if somebody want to vote with somebody just because they're black, that's their business. Right. Let them I do understand. It. All I'm saying is from my point of view, I need something a little extra. Yeah, with because you're, you, you are you are a an extremely gifted, educated young black man. Okay, that's that's what you are, Anthony. You. But that is not the consensus of people that right. live in the city. Yeah. So, you know, you, you're basing off – ever since I've met Eric, he's always been – a cool, calm, collected, extremely intelligent black man. When he was working with kids at Plymouth Educational Center, he was nothing like the typical 22, 23-year-old that you would see. So he's more informed. You're more informed. But the brother that's just uh, at the crib getting ready to watch the Lions game that don't vote, don't care about voting, he doesn't, he doesn't know any. Well, he doesn't have that same knowledge. There are a lot of so-called educated black people who are not informed about politics and ha- have Very lived true. their yes. life being apolitical because their parents were apolitical. Yeah. And they vote for or they who don't looks vote. like them or don't or vote, vote at all. Or they vote for Mike Duggan. Because like, yeah. I remember there was a proposal on the ballot for the bridge. Mm-hmm. And it was worded in such a way it was like, um, one option was we get to vote on the bridge. And then the other option was we don't get to vote on the bridge. And the majority of the people voted for us not to vote. Like not for, to make the decision. Yeah, not yeah. to make the decision on the bridge because it was worded like in a way that was very confusing. I'm just saying, like, I know five brothers who could be mayor of Detroit who are way more qualified than, than Comey Young, including, including Marquise. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can always I mean, see Marquis' speech. Parenting right. is the key. But I'm saying, Parenting. I'm saying, there's no point. Yeah. Like I understand for real. But I understand. Yes, you want to vote for somebody because they represent you. They look like you. They have your best interests at heart. But just because they black, don't mean they got your best interests at heart. And that's true. And that, Eric. That's, that's true. so true. And that's bro. the thing. I mean, so you true. can say the same thing with Barack Obama. Um, I mean, I liked him as a president, but again, things he didn't really focus a lot on. President so puppets, issues. though. But, but but I think we get. President Obama faced a lot of backlash. And the more and more that I read up on it, here's a man who the first for the first half of his pres of his first term had a Democratic led House and Senate. Mm-hmm. They passed the health care bill. That was his signature achievement. Right. After that, he's had a Republican Congress ever Shut since who yeah. said from jump. Our number one goal is to see to it that this man doesn't get yeah. reelected. The first they half. spent the rest of his term as president, first and second, voting against anything, any initiative that he had. This is another the episode. First, the, first <laughs> half, the first half, he was a Dave Bing. He was cleaning some stuff up. The second half, I think he slew, he transitioned into his role. Well, well, well Hil- Hillary was more the Dave Bing because she had to fly around the world apologizing. As yeah. far as like, being the face, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, but but again, in Detroit, there's a, a bunch of more qualified candidates that I think, if given that opportunity, they could exceed Coleman Young because they have they they have better viewpoints, they have a better perspective. They they're 
better more informed. Artic- more informed. Yeah, yeah more um, articulate. More articulate. Mm-hmm. And I think that, again, just vote for him because of that one thing is, is again, it's, it's they, people can do what they want to do, but and, I don't. And Eric, his style worked for his father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's trying to shoot like his father did. You and know, his father area. had a press conference one time. He was speaking in front of Manukian Mansion and he stopped in the middle of what he was talking about. Okay, we talking about jobs right here. Mm-hmm. He stops and turns to Cheryl Choden from Channel Seven mm-hmm. and say, Get your ass off my grass. <laughs> you know, I mean, so that was the type of mayor he was, you know. Yeah. All the hoodlums, thugs and all of that. He said mm-hmm. that in his inauguration speech, you don't have no room here in the city no mm-hmm. more. That was the the type of mayor we needed back then. Yeah. You know, yeah. but now in today's uh, society, we don't want to hear all that no more. Right. We don't want to hear you shoot from the, from the hip all the time. You know, right. we want somebody who can have a, a meaningful conversation and bring business to the city. And yeah. this, to be honest with you, the people in the city of Detroit, I think the majority don't feel like he has that edge. He yeah. don't. He he doesn't yeah. have that ability now. He he could be a great deputy mayor mm-hmm. oh, because sure. he he can sure. reach communities and yep. stuff. And I think if he learned a little bit, maybe mm-hmm. about four years, if he ran again, mm-hmm. he probably could be mayor at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think in a perfect world. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, finish with. I think in a perfect world, you know, Duggan would a would shoot for governor while you know Coleman Young would fill in mayor or someone that's. But a you know what the plan else. is, right? What is the plan is James Craig. Um, James Craig to move up to be mayor and dug in to run for governor. Thanks for the people you. listening, who's James Craig? The chief of police. Okay. Yep. The Detroit chief of police. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All this stuff is political, guys. It's, 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 it's so political. They've been on the golf course planning this stuff out. Mm-hmm. I was working. For a long time. Oh, oh, they've been. I thought you said Dave Bing on the golf course. No, I was about no, to say, I was a caddy and I, I saw him come up. Around Detroit Golf Club, but go yeah, ahead. he probably was planning to when he, when he saw him. But yeah, I mean that, that's just the way it works, guys. And the problem, is, and I'm going to say this: until we as people in our city start focusing on the main things, jobs, education, mm-hmm. blight in our city, we are not going to move fo- forward. We got a whole whether it's Mike Duggan. Whether it's Coleman Young, whether it's those nine city council members that sit up there and get paid seventy seven thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. to be uh, uh, co- uh, uh, um, council members, mm-hmm. we have to start holding people's feet to the fire. A lot of things that we accept in the city of Detroit, they are not accepted on the other side of Eight Mile. Yeah, you right. can't go into Redford and do it. You right. can't go into Southfield and do it. You can't go into Farmington Hills and do it. You can't come in East Point and do mm-hmm. it. A lot of these things are not accepted. They are, it's just a no call. You can't even, you wouldn't even think of doing it. But we accept these things in our city. And we have to, we really have to change that narrative. And I would just say that's because people are so disenfranchised by just the system that they feel like they have no power or control over anything. So they just let it go free will. And I think that we have to realize that you do have power. Power is in the collective. Power is in the, the ability to stand up and say and voice your concerns and say, I'm, I'm not standing for this. Yeah, like and things you will change. do what I ask you to do or you're not going to hold this office next time. Right, mm-hmm. right. But this is a great conversation. Um, I definitely appreciate you all for this. Remember to like and share. Uh, can we talk on Podcast Detroit? Like and share. Please spread the word. We're trying to get ourselves out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and please, yep, please vote. Vote. Oh, yes. People. By the time this comes up, the, the mayor will probably already be chosen. Is it <laughs> yeah. November 2nd? Yeah. Yeah, but um, seven, seven, seven. seven. seven.